and welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. I'm your host, Ryan Van Biver. With me, as always, Stephen White. Hey, Stephen, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. How about you? I can't complain. I am, uh, I'm feeling 2-0 myself on the season so far. Although my picks don't quite reflect that, but, you know, it's... Yeah, I had a rough week last week, too. A bunch of people got, like, 13 and 13, right? I think I got, like, 10. And so, I don't know. It was a tough... Yeah, it was, a, it was a interesting week of games last week. And, and this week, I just said, screw it. I started making some weird picks. Everybody's <laughs> been asking me, like, I think they maybe think I got some kind of secret formula or something. Uh-huh. Well, why did you get New England over Houston? Shit, I don't know. I just figured, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I, it really wasn't that deep for me, but everybody seems to, why did you pick this? I'm like, shit, it, I don't know. Just felt like it <laughs> <laughs> I nobody's asked about changing their picks this week so I don't know if it's one of these uh nobody's come back and said they're going to take the Bengals over uh, over the Packers or anything like that so right I mean I didn't go that far but you know I did I did pick Houston over New England I just figured why not I mean shit who knows maybe maybe Deshaun Watson has a game of his life who knows? You never know with that pass rush, too. I mean, if they really got going, they could they could do it. I mean, that they're good enough, I guess. You know, with just the pass rushers, they're it's the kind of group that could take over a game from time to time. You know, right? And and I keep getting that visual of them last year knocking uh, Brady around that that front seven, knocking him around and stuff. And then and then grunk is a little uh has a little groin issue or something mm-hmm. so he's not full speed and so i mean i don't really think <laughs> that, that you is gonna beat new england it's kind of one of those you know upset picks but it could happen i, I really do think it could happen yeah i mean it, it, it's stranger you know stranger things have happened man i certainly didn't think the chiefs would go into Foxborough and beat him to start the season. Ah, Chiefs are a better team, obviously, overall than Houston, but. Right. And again, I keep going back to that first week because, look, the Saints are awful on defense. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, you know, Drew Brees still had a pretty good day against their Patriots defense. And like I said, after the first week, I still think they have some issues up front. They really don't have a bunch of guys who can mm-hmm. pass for us aside from Trey Flowers. And so, uh, again, what has been the big problem for Houston the first two weeks? Pass rush. Yeah. So if you have a team that you don't really fear their pass rush, <laughs> then maybe Deshaun Watson actually has time to go through his progressions and hit guys who are wide open running down the field. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it, it ought to be – I think it will be a more interesting game than, like, you just would necessarily give it credit for on face value. Or it could be. I mean, I certainly didn't think much. I didn't think last night's game would be worth much. And then I sat down and started watching it. And I was kind of like, holy shit. <laughs> Where are the Rams? That's, what have they the done with half, them? <laughs> yeah, that second half was wild. I mean, just back and forth. Both both teams. Uh, I think we, we kind of acknowledged that uh, the Rams look much better on offense, primarily because their quarterback looks so much better in the second season with actual coaching. This Amazing year. how that works. Uh, yeah, Jared Goff looks. I, I think he had some kind of crazy uh, rating last night 
uh, only missed on like four passes or something like that. So, I mean, he's, you know, he just looks like a totally different guy from last, last season. But even though on the very first pass of the game, literally for that offense, uh, Hoyer threw an interception, uh, he bounced back in the second half and started slinging it around too. So, uh, it was a much more interesting game uh, in practice than it was in theory. I'm sure a lot of people <laughs> turned in early because they just figured it, it was going to be pretty boring. And that yeah. second half was as an exciting uh, end of a game as we've had in a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, we haven't really had a wild ending like that this season, at least not in like a primetime game. So it's uh... a <laughs> – I couldn't quite believe – I couldn't believe I was seeing it. Like – of course, then I did wonder if it could end in a tie somehow because that would be the most fitting Rams 49ers ending I could possibly even a 41-41 tie. But look when they when they gave up the onside kick at the end, I just started I was like going to bed, man. I started cursing for real. Like I was like, "What the shit are y'all doing out there? Just catch the damn onside kick so everybody can go to bed." And then now we gotta watch all the way to see, of course, the 49ers drive in the futility. Uh, a la uh, 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 one Aaron Donald just beating the crap out of the right guard uh, <laughs> and getting the sack. I mean, it's, that was the most uh, 49ers Rams way to end that game for sure. <laughs> but just, you know, they had to make it hard. Couldn't just catch the onside kick like everybody else. Mm. No, you just, you know, got to try to get a game away just so we could stay up and watch the 49ers, of course, yeah. lose in, in dramatic fashion. Yeah. Like that, so. Oh, you even had the, the, questionable offensive pass interference call and everything oh yeah that was <laughs> they had some questionable calls all night they had a, a rough in the passer call on Aaron Donald I'm like yeah how what yeah huh? so it, it was questionable calls all night uh but you know again even if they don't make that call I, I'm just just having watched these teams over the last few years I'm pretty sure that it still would have ended Somewhat the same way. Aaron Donald's <laughs> still probably going to end up sacking Brian Hoyer because they are both because that's Aaron Donald and that's Brian Hoyer. So yeah. <laughs> uh, it was bound to end that way one way or another. That <laughs> was good to see Donald get back into form though a little bit. I mean, you know, he missed the first game, the holdout wasn't quite his usual self last week, but he looked pretty good last night. I thought. Well, here's the thing. He's always going to look like himself on passing down. Yeah. It's those rundowns where he's still kind of trying to figure it out because he's so used to getting way up the field. And in this defense now, he kind of has – like he's going to have to two-gap a little bit. Not a lot, but just he, he when you shoot up the field in this defense, then you widen the hole. And so you're making it easier for the running back to run, run through the gap inside of you. So I, I think he's still kind of – Filling that part out, he didn't have any training camp to to work on it live. You know, he's he's only had uh, time to work on it in the off season when they were in shorts and stuff. Yeah. So this is all new to him. Uh, but on pass it down, you're gonna see Aaron Donald look pretty much the same no matter what. You can drop him on any defense, and it, and if it's a passing down, somebody's ass in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that reminds me one thing I wanted to ask you on the old podcast today. Any, I mean, like any pass rushers surprising you so far this season? I mean, I know it's only been two games. It's hard to like, you know, draw a lot of conclusions off two games, but I just was curious to see if there's anybody that was kind of had surprised you caught your eye or something this season. Oh, 
Um, I, I mean, I, I, I do think that Calais Campbell with that big game in the first game totally surprised me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure that he still had that in him. And then last week, he was still very disruptive as a pass rusher as well. I think he's fitting right in into that Jacksonville defense. Um, uh, and he's hard to block no matter where you line him up. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, n- not necessarily, uh, uh, Demarcus Lawrence for the Cowboys. I, I think that he's always kind of had this kind of potential, mm-hmm. but he's been hurt up a little bit. And then he, he's had a suspension also. So, but I mean, he's the first two games. He's looked like the guy that the, the, the Cowboys have always envisioned him being at their left defensive end spot. Yeah. I don't the Cowboys get Demontre Moore back this week too. Yeah, I think he comes back this week, yeah. And that's uh that ought to be a, I mean, I feel like that Cowboys game last week kind of I I've had probably more people ask me about that game. And of course, I live in a place where there's quite a bit of Cowboys fans, but um I've had more people ask me about that game this week and just kind of wondering is like the sky is falling for the Cowboys. And I guess my response has been more like, I think they just got kind of, I mean, just weren't quite ready. And the Denver defense just kind of came out, punched them in the mouth a little bit to use the old cliche. And they were just taken aback by that. Then you had that weird, like what hour over an hour of the rain delayed lightning delay that they had. Right. And, and that to me, I felt like, had a lot to do with it too, because the Broncos looked much crisper coming out of that break. Yeah. Than the Cowboys. The Cowboys just looked a little. Um, I don't even know how to put it, but they, they didn't have a lot of juice. Yeah. I guess is the way I would look at it. You know, just guys kind of looked like they were going through the motions a little bit, and, and th- those are the kind of things you have to overcome. You just never know what kind of curveball you're gonna have to have. You're already on the road against a very good team and you have to find a way to to stay up during a, 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 a lightning break or what have you and just figure figure out a way so guys don't come back out there and just look flat mm-hmm. for whatever reason they looked just listless yeah in the second half and so you know any chance they could have come back it, it just it just fizzled away yeah and you, and you look at the guys who are making mistakes I mean when does Des Bryant drop a football like that that leads to an interception it's right there yeah and so uh it you know from the top to the bottom it looked like everybody just kind of came out flat yeah yeah it was <laughs> they sure did i know they get a soft landing this week against arizona in their the monday night game this week man that arizona has looked bad this season like there's no fluke in their zero and two right I, I mean, Carson. It starts with Carson Palmer too. Yeah. Because so much of their success the last few years has been contribute has been from him, you know, running so much of that offense, being such a big part of that offense. His arm, kind of, uh, along with uh, 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 the running back, and he's out. Mm-hmm. Um, David Johnson. David Johnson. He's out, and now you're even relying more on Carson Palmer, and he's not living up to. His billing, he—I mean—he's been all over the place. Ugh. One minute he throws a good ball, the next minute he throws it right to the other team. So it's hard for them to win when Carson Palmer is playing like he's playing, and especially when with David Johnson out now, it's not like they can turn around and say, "Well, now we'll just hand the ball off to to, to David Johnson yeah. and lean on him." So I'm not sure <laughs> how they dig themselves out of that hole. But one thing's for sure: if they want to have a chance to win these games. 
Carson Palmer is going to have to start playing better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I even got, like, you even saw that with Arians calling him out directly after the game last week and then kind of coming back and saying that, you know, there's a little bit more yesterday saying, well, that's just, he understands, he knows me, that's who I am. It really, that is who he is. I, I, I mean, when you look at uh, that, that behind-the-scenes show they had for that yeah. full season and stuff, he's a very direct guy. I think that if Carson had ever played like this before for him, he'd have been called out the same way. This That's the difference. He's never had to call Carson out like this because I don't think Carson Palmer has played this poorly since Bruce Arians has been there. Mm-hmm. And that's saying a lot. Yeah. I mean, Palmer's, I mean, he's not, <clears throat> I'm trying to think how old he is. Let me look. I mean, he's not a young quarterback, though, either. I mean, there was talk before the season that this might be his last, and there was that rumor that went around, I think, a friend of a friend or maybe his brother or some kind of loose connection like that was saying that he would retire after this season, you know, just how it is on the rumor mill like that. But he's 38 years old, which, you know, for a quarterback, that's not, that ain't young. I mean, for for most quarterbacks, that would be over the hill, right? Yeah. We're, we're kind of in this new era of several guys being older like that. You got your Drew Brees. You got your uh, Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. These guys who pushing 40 um, and still around. And, 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 and But it's a little bit, I, I kind of think of an anomaly because normally you think about it being a young man's game. Mm-hmm. Especially now where you have so many fast defenses and generally you think you need these these quarterbacks that are mobile mm-hmm. to get away from the pass rush. But these guys have kind of hung in there and, and still been able to play at a high level. But you always have to wonder when they're going to fall over that cliff because you know it's coming. At yeah. some point they all will. And it kind of looks like Carson Palmer Palmer is looking over the edge right now about to go over the cliff. Yeah. And, and, and when it happens, it happens fast too, especially for a quarterback where it's really just like you can't hide it. You know what I mean? It's like that's the one position on the field, man. You see everything that guy does, everything the quarterback does. And especially in a Bruce Arian system because, like, again, <laughs> so much is on him. Yeah. Yeah, and there's really no – like, I mean, Arizona could be like if this is Palmer's last year or if he's done or gets hurt or whatever. I mean, like, there's not – I mean, there's not a lot of depth there. I mean, it's an older roster. It's not, I mean, you know, they have some studs in the secondary, but it's not exactly a team that's just loaded with young talent, you know, that's two or three, four years removed from the draft. Somebody's going to have to mess around and win the NFC West. It's just not looking like a great division right now. Yeah, yeah. Because normally the teams that you expect to carry, like the Seahawks, haven't looked very good either. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we expected the Cardinals to look better than this for sure. You know, those two teams, the 49ers, we weren't expecting much from them. No. Um, the Rams probably have been a shock in a positive light yeah. as much as anybody else. What if they turn around and win the division? Oh, God. With the that- year after <laughs> Mr. 79. Made their prophecy. I'm not simply not. You're simply not bullshit. <laughs> oh, it's, it's amazing oh, what a coaching difference makes. 
Right, it really is. And, and, and it's it, it's funny because you get so used to a bad coach sometimes. A guy like uh, um, Jeff Fisher who doesn't get fired and he just kind of sticks around. You get so used to mediocrity yeah. that you start believing that this is just a bad team. Yeah. Nobody could do any better with them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden next year they come out here and look a hundred times better. And so you just, and that's why I think people are a little too cautious sometimes with, when it comes to uh, criticizing a coach. Yeah. Because sometimes, it, you know, right is right and wrong is wrong sometimes in football. Not everything is just an opinion. And you can go back to the Falcons not running the football at the end of the Super Bowl. That yeah. is not up for discussion. People keep trying to make, bro, they were being, no, they were being fucking stupid. You cannot, you cannot match that. That was a dumbass decision not to run the football three times to kick a field goal. Yeah. It just was not because of the result. In real time, I was saying, this is fucking stupid. Run the football. Because, yeah, yeah I took so many outcomes of throwing the football in that situation would be negative. The only positive would be if you somehow found a way to complete the pass inbound. Yeah. You know, or maybe get a touchdown. But <laughs> you get sacks, you're talking about fumbles, you're talking about incomplete passes that stop the clock. All of this shit means you add it up into the equation and that was actually wrong. Yeah. And so when you look and you see things that are wrong, it's nothing wrong with saying, yeah, you know, the sky actually is blue. The <laughs> Jeff Fisher really can't coach. You know, and, and, and they almost screwed up. Jared Goff, and it turns out that Jared Goff is actually a pretty good football player. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just absolutely amazing that it's just, it's ah, oh, I hate. I mean, at some point this year, I'm just gonna have to write a blog post that says "I told you so," and that's it. It's four <laughs> words: "I told you so." <laughs> if I'd had more time, I'd have done it today, man. I, I, I swear. I just, that's the first thing I, it's like, it's amazing. What a difference that no Jeff Fisher has made for the Rams. Now you wonder like, surely nobody will hire this guy again. Surely, you know, once John Fox is out of the league, we'll start. Oh, I, 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 advisor or something to somebody, you know, how, how it goes. Oh yeah. Or he's a senior consultant or some shit. Yeah. I mean, some Tom Coughlin type job, like in Jacksonville. Uh, of course, because can't you just can't get enough of that. No, That's... I mean, at, at least Coughlin got some championships. Yeah, exactly. Which got? Well, <laughs> and that's what kills me. Like you know, the in this discussion, there's been this discussion so far this season. It's like, well, is you know, is the quality of play down? What's the matter with? Is the NFL not as good as it used to be? And I, and I don't know. I mean, I don't. The statistical argument is not something I, you know, have jumped in and di- been able to digest or anything yet. But, like, I'll tell you one thing is the NFL has a huge problem in recycling the same damn people over and over and over again. It's I mean, it's like Jeff Fisher's had a job, coached for 22 years in the NFL and was never very good at it. John Fox is a head coach in the NFL. Those guys will be head coaches in the NFL or in some kind of position, like we just said, again in a year or two. It's just... The NFL loves recycling mediocre coaches like that. Yep. Uh, just, as long as it's a familiar name or yeah. some guy, well, I know this guy, it, your name keeps popping up. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's kind of amazing. I mean, think about it. There were people even talking about Mike Shanahan being in contention for jobs recently. So, yeah. I mean, if Mike Shanahan hasn't coached his way out of the league, who has? <laughs> I just, did you see that? Like, I had kind of forgotten this because it's just like, why would you think about it all that much? But like, the RG3 was tweeting at Santana Moss this week. And like, I actually had to go back and explain that to somebody because, you know, they weren't really following all that stuff when it happened in 2012 and 2013 with RG3 and Mike Shanahan. And I went back and I'd found an article from, I think it was Undefeated and somewhere else that was kind of recapped that saga and just like how I had forgotten just how toxic that whole thing was with Shanahan and Schneider and RG3 in Washington. Jeez. I mean, and just the leaks were so insidious. (laughs) I mean, it was so apparent that it was Mike Shanahan leaking most of this shit, right? Oh, yeah. That's the thing that that, that was just amazing to me is y'all basically just letting this guy tee off on RG3 under the auspices of anonymity when it's clear that it's him. It's clear that it's him, (laughs) and it's clear that everything he's saying is self-serving. Yeah. Right? There's no... Well, I also, you know, well, Mike Shanahan is also the blame. No, it was a hundred percent. RG three is just an asshole and, and hard to work with and hard headed and not very good. Yeah, I mean, it it just was amazing. I was so happy for him <laughs> that 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 uh, they did get rid of Shanahan, and then all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> Jay Gruden comes in and, and deactivates the guy for a year. So, <laughs> I mean, he went from. From from bad to even worse. Yeah, I mean it just it it was just a bad situation. I'm not really sure how it could have ended any better than it did, considering how it went from the moment, pretty much the moment he got hurt, on the yeah. moment he tore his knee up, everything went downhill from there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then he got. I it was a shoulder injury that got him in Cleveland last year, wasn't it? Right. He 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 just. Mm. <laughs> kind of a freak deal. I mean, he just gets tackled and, and breaks like his collarbone in the first game of the season. Yeah. After, you know, it looked like he was really impressing the coaching staff. It really improved and was going to kind of bounce back this season under Hugh Jackson. Yeah. So that was a little unfortunate. And and, and all this social media stuff, too, doesn't help, I'm sure, no. <laughs> image. But I just, you know... <laughs> I, I sometimes I just sit back and try to imagine going through uh, what he did. When uh, it's kind of like with Vince Young and Jeff Fisher, when when you're the quarterback, but you know your head coach really doesn't want you to be the head quarter, be the quarterback. Didn't uh-huh. want you in the first place. Want preferred Kirk Cousins. I mean, this guy to suck going to work every day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. I just. What a, like that that whole thing that it'll just be that one of those events that like kind of changes the course of history for a little bit in the NFL and it's I, the reason I thought of that now is just because I saw that <clears throat> I just saw report Bradford because Bradford obviously the Rams had him and then you know they're sort of tied into the story here the Rams traded that second pick which Washington used to get RG three but now Bradford is out speaking of a guy whose injuries keep coming back to clip his career Bradford's not expected to play this week 
and that's such a weird situation because all of a sudden last week, was it game day or the day before the game? All of a sudden it pops up that he might not play on Sunday. Yeah. And and you, you're hearing some of these reports. Like, I, I read one report that the scar tissue is so bad that they thought it was one thing, but they couldn't be sure. Yeah. Like, what? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, how, how bad does your knee have to be when an MRI doesn't really show what's going on in there? Yeah. So, uh, and and they're, the Vikings are kind of being tight-lipped about it, aren't really giving any kind of ETA on when he might be ready to go. So I, I was pretty much, I kind of assumed that he wouldn't play this week and won't play for a while because yeah. it doesn't even seem like they know what the hell is wrong with his knee. No. But, but you know, uh, not to worry because their backup quarterback has moxie. <laughs> their backup quarterback, also a former Rams quarterback. Like, you know you're doing well if you're depending on if you're going into the season depending on two former Rams quarterbacks, maybe you want to reconsider your decision making process a little bit. But that's too bad because Bradford had such a good game in that first week, and then just like out of nowhere, it's like, oh, he's hurt again, huh? It's like, well, he has torn. It's the same knee he tore the ACL in twice in back to back seasons. Right, and, and and like I said, I mean, they're talking about scar tissue being so extensive from those re- ACL repairs that they can't even tell what's wrong with it right now. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it did suck because all of a sudden we're seeing uh, quote-unquote new Sam Bradford in the first game. Yep. Now they were playing the Saints, and so I, I would advise everybody to kind of take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Uh, we saw that the, the Patriots lit the Saints defense up Last week, and I'm pretty sure every team from here to the rest of the season is going to do the same thing because they are not very good on defense. But, hey, (laughs) he made a lot of good throws, and and you got to give him props for that. And so it almost looked like, okay, we knew that defense was going to be ridiculous. But now if Sam Bradford's playing like this and the rookie Dalvin Cook is running like that, they might actually be a legit playoff team. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you, to go from that to all of a sudden, you know, just right before the game, oh, he's out and we're not sure when he's going to be ready to play again. Mm-hmm. Because then you have to also look at it like, well, even when he comes back, will he be able to stay? Like, how long will it take for his knee to get to the point where whatever this is won't bother him indefinitely? Yeah. So it's kind of hard to trust that that Bradford will will be the quarterback Whenever he gets back for the rest of the season. Yeah. Well, what kind of career he's going to have after this, you know? Right. Because he didn't get hurt during the game that I can recall. This was just kind of a wear and tear thing. Well, guess what happens during during the NFL season? Yeah. A lot of wear and tear. (laughs) Yeah. And like you say, what are you going to get when you have a defense that actually has some pass rushers? Man, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, how how can he even defend himself himself if it, it, his knees giving him that much pain? Yeah. Well, I, I I just I'm not sure about the rest of the Viking season right now. Uh, just to be honest with you, because I'm not sure. How, again, how do you come back from something that they can't even see on the MRI? Yeah. Yeah. First round pick for that. I mean, hopefully Bridgewater gets healthy and they can kind of have that you know he's on the pup list so he's out six weeks he can't start practicing until after the sixth week of the season 
and we'll be, I'll be interested to see if they can act, they activate him and let him start practicing at that point or, or what happens there. But Well, and, and that's another thing. We still don't know if he even is ever going to be able to play again. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so it, it's just, I mean, it's bad because, again, if Teddy Bridgewater is cleared, I'm going to be holding my breath every time somebody gets close to him. Yeah. And I'm sure everybody else too is too because, again, a year ago we were hearing about this guy being medevac basically to the hospital yeah. to try to save his leg and maybe even save his life. And so he's coming back and being cleared off of that. And we're supposed to believe he won't get it hurt again. I don't know, man. I, if you still look at him like he might be the franchise quarterback, I just kind of feel like you, you, you say no to this whole year. Let him have all of this time to come back and then see what he can do next year as a franchise, as a coach. You know, I'm thinking short term. Yeah, I want to win now. Yeah. But as an organization, I might look at it like it's just best. Just just let him go ahead and get the rest of this year in. So he's really confident in that knee. Yeah. Winning if he does come back. Yeah. They play the Bucks this week, too. It's in Minnesota, but that'll be a be a test for that defense. Oh, yeah. The Bucks got plenty of offense now. <laughs> and their defense is looking pretty good, too. I, yeah. I mean, they just they put the hammer to the Bears last week, and, and they're the $14 million quarterback, Mike Glennon, <laughs> uh, just handing out Christmas gifts to everybody. <laughs> oh, you want an interception? Oh, you want a fumble? Here you go. So uh, first four drives ended in a Mike Glennon turnover. Man, listen, they were driving close to the end zone. He throws it right to Quan Alexander. I mean, it he might as well that might as well have been his intended target. That's 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 I I, I can't even understand. He wasn't even under duress. He just was like here. I don't want it, you take it. So and he'll be I mean starting but that, again this week. Of course he will, because nothing makes sense. But um you know, uh that is a, a very interesting team. Their defense is still pretty good. They have the Bears I'm talking about. Yeah. They have a bunch of pass rushes up front. And this Tariq Corn kid just looks amazing. Yeah. He's another one of those guys who's a little undersized, but he looks like he's moving at a different speed than everybody else. Like mm-hmm. his film is sped up and everybody else is in normal time. <laughs> so uh, he did have the the muff on the punt or whatever, a fumble on the punt return or whatever, but he continues to impress me. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how much they start integrating him even more into that offense. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I'll have to, because who was, uh, when they got so many guys injured, I mean, like he might be there, <laughs> might be the only, he might finish the season with the most targets for receivers in Chicago since Kevin White's out again. Oh Yeah. Uh, he's definitely an asset uh, in the passing game. But I think he actually can run the fo- football too. He's, yeah, oh yeah. Again, he's he's one of those short guys you can't kind of can't see yeah. until he's about he's by you already, and he's so fast he's kind of a blur. Yeah, on the field. So, um, uh, it, it, like I said, I just it's going to be interesting to see uh, just how much they feature him as the season goes on. And, and like you said. It's not very many other people they can feature at this point. <laughs> Everybody's kind of hurt up anyway, and so they're looking for a guy to be uh, a game breaker for them. And I think Coin is, is is shaping up to be that guy. Yeah. Let's take a break and pay some bills. What you might not know, I sure didn't, 
is that the Dollar Shave Club also has uh, products like body wash and shampoo and hair gel for those of you still lucky enough to have hair, lip balm, all that stuff. I never know what to buy at the store. There's a lot to choose from. Even for men's products, there's a lot to choose from, and it's it's impossible to sort of discern that. So, um, And this offer right now is exclusively available to our friends at the Onside Kick Family Hour. Just go to dollarshaveclub.com slash onsidekick. dollarshaveclub.com slash onsidekick. And they're going to send you sign up. They're going to send you those cool products, and I think you'll you will be uh, pleasantly surprised with what you get. I I want to go back to the Bucks because you know I forget it's only been everyone they don't have two games so far this season because the hurricane the, them and the Dolphins got their first game postponed until what week fourteen or week fifteen or something like that. But uh, yeah, we really haven't. I mean, obviously Mike Evans had a big game. No surprise there. He had a, that one catch that was just. The, you know what he's one of those receivers that it, it seems like he's gonna have one catch every game that's gonna be like how the hell did he do that and he sure did have one of those last week but like i you know the, this this week i'm anxious to see like this week and next as the season gets going how that interplay with him and deshaun jackson and all that kind of starts working for that team because they got a lot of weapons now they do, and then they, they got the Ricky O.J. Howard yeah. uh, at tight end. They also have uh, the other tight end, Cameron Brake, who who just kind of came out of nowhere last year. And so they have good personnel pretty much everywhere. Uh, right now, uh, the running back, Doug Martin, is suspended for the first three games. Mm-hmm. But I think Jaquiz Rogers is just about as good, if not better, than uh, Doug Martin, skill-wise, anyway. Yeah. They're both a little undersized uh, but stocky guys. But I, I would give Jaquiz Rogers the edge as far as uh, vision as a running back, as far as speed. Definitely as far as hands out of the backfield, Doug Martin has never really been good at catching the football. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jaquiz Rogers is starting these first three games, and I'll be interested to see uh, – how well he does against this Viking defense because we know that they can get after you yeah. on defense in Minnesota. Yeah, and then they'll have to kind of they'll have to do some variations. I mean, he carried the ball. I was kind of surprised the way he carried the ball twenty nineteen times last week. So, I mean, you know, obviously with the Bears, it's not like they really had to to put their best foot forward. But that's well, not... see, where where Rogers. Uh... I mean, he he's a legit starter for this team. Last yeah. year, when they gave him the football, he had several 100-yard games. They kind of picked him up off the street yeah. after the season started. But uh, Doug Martin got hurt, and he got in there. And I, I think it took a while for them to kind of trust him to really turn over the reins to him. Mm-hmm. But if you look back last year, every time when they gave him the, the, the football, you know, 14, 15 times or more, he produced for them. Mm-hmm. And so I expect that he's going to get those 18, 19, 20 carries, especially these next two games at least, and maybe for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he that he has had it. He, he originally drafted by the Falcons, and he spent, well, the first chunk of his career in Atlanta, kind of behind Michael Turner and then behind when they brought in Steven Jackson to be Michael Turner's replacement and then – Ends up in Chicago a couple years ago, and now he's with the Bucks, and kind of has a solid thing going there. 
it's a it's a interesting career let's see what other man nobody uh, i tell you out of all the two and O teams the one the one that's i guess it shouldn't be that shocking but it is to me still is that that giants team looks awful I just I don't know what they're doing on offense Mm-mm. at all. Um, somebody was pointing out the other day they had uh, Odell Beckham Jr. out there and they got him on a pitch count, but one of the plays they threw him in there was like a running play. Yeah, like you can waste one of the very few precious reps you got for Odell Beckham Jr. on a running play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just. It, you know, first game they didn't really target uh, Brandon Marshall, even though uh, OBJ was out. The second game, Brandon Marshall is dropping passes, which he usually is good for one or two you know, every couple of weeks because he just has those concentration yeah. drops. But he just didn't even look like the same guy. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, and so uh, that team, I, I don't I, the left tackle. <laughs> We oh, can't even man. talk enough about the left tackle, right? Eric He's Flowers. ruining everything because it's it, it, not to say that the rest of the offensive line is playing so much better, but it, if you look up and, and, and Eli's getting pressured, you can almost bet it's the left tackle that gave it up to him. Yeah. And Eric Flowers, it, the thing is, we knew Eric Flowers had terrible technique coming out of college. I wrote about it. Yeah. He just was, it was, as a matter of fact, it was amazing that he blocked as well as he did in college with how terrible his technique was. Yeah. <laughs> it's just nobody could could really foresee that several years into his career, it hasn't gotten any better. Mm-mm. And and he's, and then, uh, and again, this is not just on the players sometimes. They're not doing much to give him any help either. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like you never see – they never – like against that game last Monday, it's like they never put a tight end out there on that side to help block. They didn't even send a running back over to chip. I mean, it was just – it floored me. It reminded me of like the – what was the Super Bowl a couple years ago when the Panthers just decided to leave Mike Grimmers out on an island with Von Miller. (laughs) Right. I mean, it just goes to show sometimes that stuff that should be obvious – isn't obvious to to the people that are paid to actually notice. Yeah. I mean, how do you not notice? This is not a new thing, right? Eric Flowers has been getting his ass kicked for several years now. Yeah. And you're still not sending him any help. Even after you see your quarterback getting killed a couple times, you're like, ah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And That's Eli moves the way you want to coach that up. <laughs> uh-uh. And you like, and, and like, you just look at Eli move. I mean, he's an older quarterback now. He's one of those guys that's, you know, in the latter part of his thirties and, and he he'd n- never really been known for his movement to begin with. But, uh, he really, I mean, like, you know, he looks like, you know, a grandma standing in the pocket these days. And like, you put a, you let that kind of pressure seep into, I'll tell you what it reminds me of that coach reminds me a lot of Mike Martz. It's all about the scheme with him instead of what it, it, it's the X's and O's instead of the Jimmy's and Joe's. Yeah, and even Mike March actually had some schemes, right? Mm-hmm. At least Mike yeah. March stuff worked. I mean, you look at, at Ben McAdoo. When is this stuff going to start working? When 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 are we actually going to have someone we can say, oh well, okay, well, 
at least he's got that part right. Yeah. I mean, you're an offensive minded coach. You're basically an offense coordinator. Your offense sucks, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a problem. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, what do you do? You're going to fire yourself? Yeah. If you're, 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 you're the head coach and you're running on. I mean, and that, and that's where that's kind of the the catch-22 you get yourself in sometimes when you hire a guy that wants to run the offense or wants to run yeah. the defense. Because if that particular unit starts failing, now what do you do? Who mm-hmm. do you turn to to fix it? Because without a doubt, the New, the New York Giants need some fixes on their offense, and I'm not <laughs> sure where they come from. In a bad way, and it sucks too because if you're a Giants fan, they got a good defense. <laughs> now they've had some injuries on that side of the ball, like Janoris Jenkins hadn't been practicing this week, but yeah, that's just—I mean, it's in, just inexcusable. And he was hired because he was an offensive guy. And like Jerry Reese came out and was like, you know, we want this team; they're going to score twenty-eight to thirty points a game every week, and they have never scored. 30 points a game with McAdoo as a head coach. Yeah, I just, again, I think that this is headed towards an ugly divorce because the only way to fix the offense might be to fire the head coach. Yeah. So, yeah. Or or is he going to seed that side of the football finally? Yeah. Because whatever he's trying to do, this shit ain't working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I maybe he really does maybe that play sheet isn't a play sheet maybe it really is it's not an oversized play sheet maybe it's really a Waffle House menu which is what I've always kind of ex- suspected I mean I think they'd be scoring more points if it was a Waffle House menu <laughs> let's be honest with you let's not disrespect Waffle House like that absolutely now. not I mean maybe <laughs> there's a legitimate all-star special on there somewhere it gotta be he couldn't do any worse I promise you that <laughs> Other than get his quarterback scattered, smothered, and covered on the regular basis. Man, I that that was I feel like Waffle I I can throw out Waffle House analogies all day, but I'll stop. I'll I'll, I'll rein it in. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, it's still like I know like all the fa- like the fancy breakfast places, but I still love Waffle House. I can't help it. My that's my son's favorite place too. So like that's our Saturdays or Sundays. We always try to hit up the Waffle. <laughs> one so <sighs> hey, man, that's good living right there yeah i'm telling you what <laughs> and you get out of there for less than 20 bucks you can't beat that at all you can't beat that oh man let's see what else we got this week i mean headline wise things have been pretty quiet this week so i would expect uh some major story to break in about 15 minutes here so <laughs> Well, there is the we one big up. story uh, everybody's talking about, and that's uh, the Aaron Hernandez yes. uh, CTE story. Late stage. So, right. And they said that uh, his CTE was the most extensive they've seen from a player his age, Jeez. a player who died at that age. So um, it, it, it's one of those things that is always going to kind of hang in the background. Yeah. And then you have stories like this one to kind of ring the bell a little bit louder and remind you uh, about the toll that this tank, that this game takes on people. Yeah. And uh, again, people start having the same conversations, sometimes the same debates. Uh, and, and it's important to me 
that people remember that the NFL never wanted to know about this stuff. Yeah. Always covered it up, always lied about it. It wasn't until somebody independent of the NFL discovered CTE and started looking into it and finding out the commonality of ex-players having it that this even became uh, common knowledge. Yeah. And so you always have people come out and say, Oh, was you know they knew the risk. No, the fuck we didn't. Yeah, I promise you, I was an NFL player. Yeah, nobody was talking about CTE when I was playing. Yeah, nobody. As a matter of fact, I mean, you had you had literally the guy who was over it for the NFL, Pelman, saying that concussions could be good for you. Yeah, I, I bullshit you not. I'm not exaggerating. Google this shit. Yeah. I mean, and so you have people saying that kind of shit. And again, I, I, I relate this to people all the time. See, when you're a young active player, you go places and a lot of times you see some of the old, older players, mm-hmm. right? I remember I went to one of the Super Bowls. I can't remember which one. I, I think it might have been uh, when it was in Houston. Mm-hmm. And I saw Earl Campbell being, being rolled around in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And you look at that and you're like, shit, you know, maybe I'll be limping. Maybe I'll have to have hip replacement surgery. Maybe I'll I'll be in a wheelchair too. Maybe, you know, all of these other things. Because you're seeing these guys and they're hobbling around. And you're like, that's pr- probably my future. Yeah. But the guys you don't see are the guys who are dealing with the mental health issues. The guy who already have. CTE symptoms. Yeah. The guys with dementia and, and Alzheimer's, you don't see them. And so there's nothing around to remind you that that's also the kind of stuff that can come from football. Yeah. Right. And so again, you don't even think about it until all of a sudden this this story blows up. It might seem obvious to everybody, but there was no nothing to say that playing football was going to gonna give you the effects of CTE over time. Yeah. So, no, we did not know the risk back then. Now, thankfully, players do know the risk, and, and they can go into it with their eyes wide open. They can make a determination that, hey, I've had one too many concussions. I need to walk away from the game. And yeah. several of them have. Yeah. But that wasn't always the case. And so you have, again, this big story rings the bell again. Yeah. Bang. That – this is what football does to people. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. I guess it matters in the sense of uh, his lawyer is now filing a lawsuit against the NFL uh, for the CTE. I'm not sure how successful it'll be. But so from that perspective, I guess it's important. But yeah, really, this is something that has to be on our minds more than just every time a big story hits a uh, 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 well-known football player takes his life or something like that. It's got to be something that's kind of in the background of our minds at all times so that we never forget the toll that this t- game takes on guys. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you, you, people think about that when you watch it too. I mean, you should think about it when you watch it. And I know that makes it – I mean, you know, for some people, that's they can't watch it because of that. And that's – you know, I understand. People turn the TV off and don't want to be – watch the game anymore because of the of, of what it does and obviously the NFL has such a shady history of how they've handled it it's nothing the league can be proud of that's for sure but uh it's 
I don't know. It makes it hard. I mean, it really does. I mean, I, I think about it. I mean, it, obviously, I, I like football. I like the game. I, I like watching it. I like talking about it. And it's, you know, hasn't been enough to, you know, to make me say I can't do this anymore. But it's a... Uh, it does. Uh, it, 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 it's all. It's like you say. It's it's always there. I mean, it, it's it's something you think about constantly now, with regards to the game, even if you're not playing it. Right. Every time there's a big hit, bang. You know, yeah. you think of it. But again, a lot of the guys who are getting the worst wear and tear on their on their brains is the guys up front. Yeah. And you those collisions aren't as big as the big, you know, safety hits the wide receiver coming across the middle. Yeah. But they accumulate over and over again, running to this offensive tackle, running yeah. to this fullback 30, 40 times a game accumulates over time. Yeah. And so again, like I said, it can't just be when there's a big hit or, or when there's a big story, we really have to think about this kind of stuff. And that's not to say that, that everybody has to turn the TV off or uh, decide that football isn't for them. It's yeah. just that let's be honest about it. Yeah. You know, let's be honest about what, what's really going on here. And, and again, the problem wasn't necessarily that this was happening to guys. Yeah. The problem is that it was being covered up because the NFL didn't want any, to do anything to actually help those ex-players. Yeah. Exactly. And leaving them to kind of like, well, sorry, it's not, you know, you, you you deal with the medical bills and you deal with the cost of this and the fallout from having degenerative brain disease, you know, and not have to, I mean, you know, that was what's even more appalling about it. They lie about it and then leave leave these guys that, you know, they made billions and billions of dollars off of to just sort of fend for themselves for so many years with this. Exactly. It's tough. And like, there's a lot, I mean, like, you know, and there's still, you know, there's a lot that still isn't known about the, about CTE and about neurological disease and, and the stuff that results from that. And like, that's one thing, like even, you know, now we do know that, you know, it's not just one or two big hits. It is that it's like, well, you don't have to have one big concussion or one big, hit to suffer this you can like you said you know that constant just bang 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 that the guys in the middle are going through they may not have a concussion but they're getting hit and their brains getting moved around bumped around in their skull play after play after play after play and then adds up and you think aaron hernandez played high school i mean played football all his life i mean most guys that come in the nfl do unless you're seattle seahawks offensive lineman but they're you know, you're playing football from the time you're, you know, sometimes eight, ten years old. Right. And there's just no way sometimes to even quantify how many times you've been hitting your head no. over the course of that time. No, not at all. And un undiagnosed concussion and stuff of that nature. I mean, again, back when we played, a concussion wasn't shit yeah. to us. We were thinking about trying not to get cut. So we didn't have any idea that, okay, well, you're trying to play through this. This may shorten your life. This may totally change you later on in life. Yeah. You may lose who you are as a person later on in life. We're just thinking about, okay, I can shake this off and go back in there and play enough where I don't get cut. 
Yeah. You know, and so th- that was kind of the black and white uh, bargain we were making because we had no idea what was on the other side of the ledger. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, and as you think about, I mean, it really hasn't been all that long ago that the league had a concussion protocol. Right. And, and and even when they first started, everybody was talking about how guys were beating it or getting around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully it's gotten better since then. And we know that because of basically public pressure. Yeah. Uh, they've had to improve some things uh, because of situations where maybe there was an uproar after a guy was put back in a game after it was obvious that he had been concussed. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of this has come from public pressure, from people using their voice and, and instead of turning away from football, saying, I'm still going to watch it, but th- y'all need to do some things to help with player safety. Exactly. So, um, again, I, I don't think there's any one right or wrong thing. I don't think that uh, something's wrong with you if you still like watching football. Yeah. I just think that, again, we, we all need to be – honest about what that entails yeah yep and make have that knowledge and make that decision and push that you know i mean i think that's one thing i i feel like you know obviously this is more because we're in media than just a casual fan but like you know it's it's good that you know the media has pushed this a little bit too i mean it's good that we you know that sense has been out there and you see that you know you see the decline in youth football programs in places and where that affects that and that sort of has forced you know the league i mean they they have a lot of work to do let's not you know fool ourselves but you know at least it's forced their hand enough to where they can't just go out and fucking tell a bald face lie about it anymore well they'll still try oh yeah they'll no still they try. still are they will but, but it's a lot harder for them to get away with yeah and that's the big and that's the big deal right there yeah it'll be interesting to see I, I know a lot of the talk with the next and you just it came up a little bit this week because you had the d marie smith got reelected as the nflpa president but be interested to see how that factors i mean obviously it won't be as big of a part of the conversation as revenue and and suspensions and discipline and stuff will be in the next collective bargaining agreement. But it'll be interesting to see what that part of it looks like, you know, when they do the next labor deal for players. Yeah, I, I do think um, that has to be a part of the conversation. I think it will. Yeah. Um, again, it's going to come down to how much leverage uh, the players are willing to exercise. Yeah. And we know that leverage equals games missed. Yeah. Uh, so at the end of the day, it doesn't even really matter what they talk about. What's going to matter is if any games get missed, because if they don't, if they come to an agreement without players having to, to, to miss games, more than likely there's going to be another owner uh, influence deal yep. that, 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 that is more weighted towards the owners. That's yeah. just how it's going to go. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. It's a, uh... Yeah, what do we got? A few years to go. 2021. Buckle your seatbelts. Oh, man. It's week three, Stephen. Uh, a whole slate of games coming up. And uh, we'll have plenty to talk about, I'm assuming, next week as well. So 
we'll see and then watch uh, as soon as we hang up the phone here some big ass trade or something like that happens but <laughs> <laughs> speaking of just quickly how do you think uh, what's the quarterback for the bills Tyrod. How, how do you think how do you think Tyrod Taylor feels this morning watching all of his receivers catch you know, big big plays last night, big bombs and stuff like that, while he's looking around the huddle and doesn't have anybody that can beat man-to-man defense? No, and to have a coach that really – a coaching staff that's really kind of without actually having come out and said it has done everything they can to say it, that nah, we don't, we're, not, we're not really a big Tyrod Taylor believer. Right. I mean, it's easy when you trade away or give away all of his wide receivers. <laughs> yeah. And they all balling last night. I'm sure he says they were just mad as hell watching that game. Well, and that's just like, you know, you talk about quality of play in the league. I was looking at this last night before the game got good, and I kind of paid attention to the game instead of the the research I was doing. But, like, you, you look at, like, you know, parody's always been the NFL's big thing, and the Bills are a classic example of this. It's like a lot of these bad teams have been bad for a long time now. And, you know, we're talking about our picks post earlier and how, you know, you got four people picking 13 out of 16 games last week, but you look at the matchups, it's like, well, yeah, no shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting a little to be a little too predictable. Yeah. And that's not fun. I mean, you want to be able to see. Like, I, honestly, it's like, it's been a while since we had one of those primetime games where just some crazy-ass shit happened and then it, it ended up with some you know, Browns beating the Patriots kind of like thing. Not that that's ever happened, I know, but, you know, just that any given Sunday kind of stuff. And, and like, if you if the league can't, that's the what the league's really talk about, something the league's going to have to fix. That's something they're going to have to take care of too. But that's a hard one to fix because, you know, it's like that thing Spencer wrote this week. Well, these owners can make a shitload of money without lifting a damn finger to improve the quality of product on the field. And that is not a coincidence. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, that's why you have two teams in Los Angeles that Los Angeles couldn't give two shits about. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We will see. I mean, like, that's the Buffalo thing made me think of that. It's like, here's this team that's perpetually bad, and they trade away their best offensive players. <laughs> Uh, and they make, I don't know why people don't show up to the games anymore. Yeah, I can't imagine. It's a total mystery. <laughs> yeah, but, but no, you, it's not even just those two guys. It's not even Watkins and Woods in, in Los Angeles. I mean, look at the the former Bills that are playing for the Patriots now. <laughs> Mike Gleasy and um, oh, Chris Hogan, you know. There's a lot of former Bills having a... It's been a good season for the Bills players who aren't on the Bills anymore. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it's, at some point you have to reevaluate your talent evaluation. Yeah. Uh, or something. But, you know, they got a new sheriff in town. Got a new head coach. Yeah. Didn't feel like he needed those guys. Really needed Jordan Matthews for some reason. Yeah. So, uh, more power to him. Yeah. I mean, and obviously, if you're a coach or a general manager, I mean... Why would you need a number one wide receiver? I mean, I think I think the NFL has proven time and time again that you really don't need a number one wide receiver. It's fine. 
it just doesn't make any sense. But we'll see. Oh, and speaking of the Bills and breaking news, how's this for shitty news? The Bills have to play the Broncos this week, and now they're going to be doing it without Marcel Darius, Cordy Glenn, and Jarrell Worthy. Yeah, that could be an issue on their way to trying to win that game. I'm going to go ahead and say that's going to be, uh, yeah, not, not a good thing for them. That's not a positive. Yeah, I don't. That's uh. So if anyone picked the Bills to win this week, might wanna might wanna. Now who are they playing? Yeah. I think I might have picked them. The Broncos. Yeah, let me go ahead and let me go ahead and declare it. I'm changing that. Cause it was one of those just gut feeling type things. My gut don't feel too good anymore. So we're gonna go ahead and, and change that to the Broncos. All right, I I will do that as soon as as soon as we are done here. I will before I do anything else, I will make that change so I don't forget. Here, I'm gonna email you and everything. Make sure you don't <laughs> make it official. Cause, yeah, because it just that ain't looking good. Yeah, well, it's probably better you told me on the podcast than send me the email. You, you know my email ability here. Not, not always <laughs> yeah. the best. I'm almost at 150,000 unreads. I was telling somebody the other day, it's like when I get to, I said as soon as I hit 140. 49.5, I'm gonna go down to the Brown Derby. Look, that's the local liquor store here. I'm gonna get a bottle of. Uh, modestly priced champagne and then when it hits 150 I'm gonna pop it 150,000 emails <laughs> wow <laughs> unread <laughs> oh, alright Steven good show uh, enjoy the games this week and uh, we'll reconvene to talk a little football again next week can't wait